Hello. Hello, Merlin. How are you? I'm great, Dan. How's your afternoon? Pretty good. Pretty good so far. Pretty. I'm having a good day. I'm setting them up and knocking them down. One by one. I set them up and knock them down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why not? I get up again. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, wait. Got a chance. Got a clicky keyboard. Hang on. Okay. Oh, remember when I, when I would type on the clicky keyboard? Yes, of course. That? You got a new yeah. one? No, no. No, no. I just uh, I switched to the Logitech when I do an audio program. I think my, I think my fingers are getting heavier, though, because people complain. That you're typing too loudly on. Well, everyone has a different editing style. So if if yeah. uh, if they're not running any kind of noise gate or limiter or anything, then people will hear it. But I've never heard them complain about it on on this show. Oh, I didn't mean to imply that. Uh, I uh, I don't edit uh, when I edit. I um, <laughs> no matter what I do, somebody doesn't like how it sounds. Your and avatar you know, is that I, woman from uh, from. Uh, the robots, the Westworld. Oh, is that still up? I thought I changed it to Wolverine. Huh. I'm still seeing the woman. Yeah. I try to keep them relevant. One of her eyes is a little weird now. Sleepy? That. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's, I've changed it to Wolverine on my end, but yeah, you might still be getting the robot lady. That's, uh, Clement, that's Clementine number one. No spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I change them. I try to change them for each recording. It's a new, new thing I'm doing. Each time I record with somebody, I change my avatar to something that's relevant to the topic. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So you must so be right talking now. about ro- robots. Well, but see, no, this is, if you wanted to call in for the show about the elderly, you should have phoned in when we were doing our pet episode. Okay. Uh, no, I changed it to Wolverine because I want to announce, dun, 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 ungainly X-Men oh, yeah. meetup number 15 has been scheduled. I saw you tweeting I'm going to about the webpage. that. I'm clicking. Thank you. Ungainly X-Men meetup number 15. Uh, it's going to be Thursday, February 23rd from 7.30 to 9 p.m. at Two Cats Comics. That's 320 West Portal Avenue in San Francisco. My favorite comic store. My favorite people. And uh, so you can come and, uh, you know, don't be creepy. But, you know, you come and you hang out. It, it, we don't just talk about comics. We also talk about Doctor Who. It, it covers the gamut. I th- I'm going to be talking about a lot about Les Mis because I'm having kind of a Les Mis thing right now. <laughs> of course. Oh, I'm having a big Les Mis thing. Oh, brother, am I having a Les Mis thing. Oh, I made my daughter watch like six different versions of One Day More yesterday. <laughs> what, but Man. she's probably into it, right? She's into it. No, she likes the confrontation. The confrontation was my gateway drug. I first got the confrontation that men like you can never change. Two, four, six, oh, one. That, uh, I got that on a mixtape circa Italy 1989, mm. and I, I fell in love with it. But uh, yeah, I'm only recently kind of getting into the musical uh, as a thing. Well, good, but boy, good for you. Yes. Yes. I, en- I enjoy, I enjoy uh, musicals. I enjoy some musicals. It's like poetry. I don't love it all. I have feelings oh, about these things. Yeah. But if you come out to Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal Avenue, it's Thursday, February 23rd, 7.30 to 9 p.m. And then we go and we get a drink and it's nice. And we go to a bar that has lots of dogs and uh, you can pet a dog while you're there. Hmm. In my case, I tripped over a dog last time I was there. And then I, I apologized to the dog like a gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big old dog in the middle floor. I just I tripped right over it. I hadn't even had a drink. Just comics. What am I promoting this week? I'm promoting Silver Surfer, Volume 4, Citizen of Earth, Lumberjanes, Uncanny X-Men, Volume 1. Mm. Boy, Mar- Marvel drives me crazy with what they've put in print. Ah, so crazy. 
You know, sometimes you just want to have the book in your hand. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Marvel Unlimited is nice. It's really nice, especially for the price. Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, come out to this is Ungainly X-Men Meetup number 15. I'm reading off a web page. You can see this at MerlinM.com slash meetup. And uh, come on out. Don't be creepy, but come and hang out. It's a bunch of nice people and uh, very nice people. And it's not just about comics. It's mostly about hanging out. I wish I could go to those. Every time you talk yeah. about it, I feel a little jealous, a little sad. Really? What would you do? What would you do? Would you wear like a special shirt or something? I'd wear a shirt. I'd wear a shirt over mm-hmm. that shirt. Mm-hmm. I'd come prepared, you know. Mm. Halfway through, I could be like, I'm taking off my shirt, take it off, and there's another shirt right there ready to go. That's fun. I know. I would be the life of this party. I already know. You would be the life of the party because it would be a slow reveal. You mm-hmm. keep saying, what, how low will he go? Mm-hmm. How many layers hath Dan wrought? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have, I have a couple things to, to announce when, uh, if, if there's time for that. I'm getting the X-Men meetup, number 15. Number 15. Two Cats Comics. Thursday, February 23rd. Over. They need to sign up or just nope. show up. Just show up. I mean, it'll be. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a modest group. Uh, you know, it'll be ten to twenty-eight people. Twenty-eight. Yeah. I mean, I can't promise. I don't know who's going to show up. What's nice though is sometimes like people will be in town for a thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and they'll they'll find a way to make it out. It's really nice. Plus, well, there's know, all the regulars. You, you know got what they a couple, say? A couple handsome brothers that make swords. Uh, you got uh, you got a lot of very very handsome people come to this. Eventually, everybody goes through San Francisco. That's sort yeah. of the saying. Everybody's got to learn sometime. Yep. 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 So, uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Just a little follow. Hey, thank up. you for letting. Thank you for letting me promote. No, that. I love when you promote. And like I said, I wish I could. I wish I could go. Hmm. Have you ever thought of filming it or having like a videographer? Uh, nope, or something? never, never, never thought awesome. of that. That would be weird. I might want to send someone people, out for that. Well, people will very kindly say things like, are you planning to videotape? And I'm never planning to videotape anything because that's not what it is. It's a, it's a thing. It's a people thing. And, and the very, the very, very nice people who say like, when are you going to do a meetup in Wellington, New Zealand? Right. It's like, well, I have to pick up my kid each day. Right. From her school. Mm-hmm. So that's 15 hours away. I would do that. You know, pay me, cross my palm. Kickstart my Patreon for my meetup. No, I don't want that. Please don't kickstart me. Don't Patreon me. Please, 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 please. My other my other me. question is how how yes. are you going to be monetizing this event? Oh gosh. Woo! I am monetizing this by encouraging people to buy things that they like from this store that I love a lot. I think they do pretty well, but you know, it's tough. Retail is tough. And these the folks at Two Cats, they hire fantastic people. The store is immaculate. They keep a fantastic collection of all kinds of trades. They got they have game nights. They got great gaming stuff, plus the usual tons of floppies that they can't return to Diamond. So I want to see them supported. Uh, you know, the uh, thriving ecosystem uh, raises all comics. Nice. That, that's how I get paid. That's how I monetize. All right. Yeah, I got a I got a box there. They give me a pretty good discount. You got a box there. My box is on hold, but they still, I think partly just out of kindness and taking pity. I mean, I, I just can't be spending $40 a week oh, on the, comics. for your pull list. My pull list. I got my box. <laughs> right. I got it. Don't ask the number. I won't tell you. But uh, yeah, so that's on hold. But uh, yeah, they still give me a very generous discount because I, I, you know, they have levels with the boxes. Oh, what are the different levels? I don't remember. Oh. But basically you get a discount uh, 
commensurate with the number of polls you're committed to. I see. And they very kindly let me keep doing that. That's the kind of thing you get at Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal Avenue, San Francisco. It's accessible via, via Muni, which is nice. So what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, I, I wanted to follow up. There was, uh, there was uh, wonderful feedback that I received for the Hackintosh Method uh, .com page that I posted the same day that we did our show last week. Everything that I've learned in my experiences building a Hackintosh-style computer. And so I made that into a website, and that is at hackintoshmethod.com. And I would love to get your thoughts and feedback on it. Go there, check it out, and uh, if there are things I can make better. But basically, you know, that, an- that kind of answer is the question of if someone just wants to go and make one of these things, then should they spend many, many, many hours reading all these forums and researching things and, f- and finding out what to do? No, that's not fun for anyone. And, and that was almost the thing that I, when I ran into it, I said, you know, I'm just not going to do this because it's, I don't want to spend all of that time doing what is very, very boring, tedious research and trying and, and things not working. And I said, you know what? No, I'll do, I'll do this for the listeners. I'll do this for the, for the, uh, for the lifetime fans. Mm-hmm. I'll put this thing together. And that's what, that's what I did. And so this is, if you want just the recipe of, how do I do this without having to to really think about very much? Knowing everything will just work. That's that's what's there. So maybe I could put yeah, that as in there. as with his podcast and bacon methods. Uh, oh, I updated Dan those laid, too. I updated those too. Dan's laid it out in a very straightforward fashion. Uh, I mean, the way I first fell in love with Dan was uh, Dan's wonderful. I'm acting like you're not here. Uh, I'm I first fell in love with Dan with his wonderful tutorials on how to do great things um, with configuring your Mac to do. Things like, like what? Uh, installing MySQL, installing Rails back when you needed help with that. You, yeah. you always have written, uh, you're a good writer of these things and a, and a lucid thinker on these things. And so this is a page you can go to. I put it in show notes. It's at hackintoshmethod.com. And, you know, these look like Amazon affiliate links, which is nice. That yeah. means that you, you make a little dough if they buy from Amazon, which is the easiest way to buy these things. And let me just tell you, buddy, you go try and buy a tech thing on Amazon, good luck. It is really complicated. Just buying a hard drive is difficult. And Dan has done all of that thinking for you. You just go in and you get yourself a, let's not call it a Hackintosh because, you know, that would break the EULA. Call it a, call it a uh, multi-booting PC. Multi, oh, a multi-booting PC device. Yeah. 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 All good to go. This is, this is pretty. And it, it's on Squarespace? Is this Squarespace? What'd you do this on? Nah, it's just a, just a, a, just a page. Took a, you know, bootstrap, is it bootstrap? Uh, um, boot, boot, bootstrap under the under the uh, under the hood. You there. might want to, you know, and one thing you might want to add. You might want to add an HTML5 shim and respond.js for IE8 support. Did uh, you put that in? Yes, did you that's, put that in? that's there. I did put that in. Okay, that's. Uh, have you thought about using Roboto as your font? I love the that? Roboto font, but I don't use it on Bacon mm-hmm, Method. Mm-hmm, I use a different mm-hmm. one there. No, no, no. Call large twelve. These are good. These are really sensible. You you look at a Drupal page lately? Woo. Mm. The IDs on a Drupal page, man, it'll curl your hair. Curl your hair. I don't think they want you to view the source. I think they're intentionally off-putting and upsetting. It's very upsetting. Block, 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 block. Oh, you do have a typo. I do? Just in the quote. It's just in the code. Well, where is it? Which one? Line eight. On Hackintosh method? Yeah. Launching TextMate. You meant to say Dan, Dan Benjamin. Did I write my name wrong? Yeah. Oh no! Cut that out! Cut that out! I'm no, not trying to. I'm not trying to shame you. Line eight. 
<laughs> Author. I'm still learning my own name. <laughs> What's nice about this, and I will say this, uh, is is the way that I deploy this to the server. I use Capistrano to deploy the static site. So when I um, when I make a change like I just did, I commit it to Git and I do a uh, a cap deploy. And if you reload, it's it's done. So there's no New like cap deploy. Did yeah. you cucumber your Sinatra to do that? You don't need to cucumber with a with a static site, really. But okay, maybe if I had, I wouldn't. Care have the struts and the controllers spelled though, right? my name wrong. Mm. <laughs> Rookie error. <laughs> Step one. I'm spell still your name. running the old Mac back when it was OS 10. So like, I don't. Yeah, I need to update. I'm just so scared to update to oh, Sierra. Yeah, I don't feel like there's much gained by going to Sierra. I'm well, running I, it, and I just, I can't, I don't yeah. know, a couple nice backgrounds. I don't want to break my cherry pie. I have important wow. things that I do for my business, my business papers. I have important business things that, that rely on Python not breaking for my business. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't use Python, so I don't know. If, if I've discovered that something is written in Python, I'll do my best to not, you like, if it's like a script that, that required, I won't, I won't use it. I'll go, I'll go out of my way to not mm, use it. These are open source products that I use for my work. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't mind that they're in, in, uh, in Python? Well, it, it's a poor shoemaker that, that blames his laces. I, I, I just, you know what, if somebody else, you know, one cooks, one cleans. That's what I always say. <laughs> do you do that at your house? My wife believes in that system. What? One person cooks, the other person, uh, cooks, cleans up cleans. after. Do you do that? You do that? I re- I have to remember to shut the dishwasher a lot. That's my that was a thing that that happened. Oh, and that actually I need a need a life hack from you. Oh yeah, digga 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 life hack. Okay. In my house, we have a uh, right in front of the sink on the sort of cabinet thing that's below the sink. There is a metal bar that is designed to be used to hang towels. Mm-hmm. And you know how many germs are on this thing? Yes. I don't use it, mm-hmm. but my wife and my kids use it. And my kids, when they they will wipe their noses and faces, hands on it, mm-hmm. everything gets wiped on this. It, and but the thing is, it, the bar that goes across is a metal, I guess, chrome bar. And so the kitchen towel that is on that instantaneously, as soon as it's hung up, it just slurs down on the ground. Ugh. Every you time need, you, need, you need something a little grippy on there, and uh, we want to put something grippy on it. And I have said, I said to my wife, I said, uh, you know, I guess it's been five five years of this problem. I said maybe we could fix it somehow. And she said, I don't, I don't have any time to fix that. I'm like, but I see you pick it up. I said I counted. You did it seven times yesterday. Yeah, that that's what I saw. I only saw the seven times. My kids come in, they wipe their hands with it, and they run away, and it flies across, you know. Yeah. So no, what I, do you do? What do you do? I mean, I guess my suggestions would be fairly obvious. You want it to be something aesthetically pleasing. Um, so, I mean, you're not going to put, like, skateboard grip tape on there. Right. But I'm, no I'm thinking that I'm thinking some kind of a clear – I I, wanna, I don't want to say tape, but anything that would add just a little bit of friction that wouldn't be ugly – and the thing is, you could even put that, I think, you could even probably put, nah, you want to put it at the top. You want to put it, because you could put it on the back, but that would not necessarily 
work. Something grippy and clear that's not ugly. Yeah. No, almost like, um, n- not this, but something like the kind of like, you know, like the appliques that you put in on a bathtub so your kid doesn't slip and die. Right. We're, we're a bath mat family. We don't have daisies on the floor like when I was a kid. But that, that's what I would do. But, you know, you're also getting into, uh, I, think, yeah, I think this is fixable. I don't think this would be difficult to do. Um, but, you know, there's this thing my, uh, my lady and I started doing, gosh, probably 10 years ago that I started calling the Tiny Life Improvement Project, <laughs> which, which, is, um, which has, has, well, because, like, it's funny, this, there's these little dumb things that are, because they're little and because they are dumb, tend to go unfixed for a really long time. And I think it can be valuable. You, this does not have to turn into a thing. You don't need a CMS for this. But like, if you just kind of note these little things that need to be taken care of um, and then take care of them, oh my God, it makes your life so much better. Like the kind of thing you're describing here. I mean, it's not, is it the end of the world that a dish towel slips off? No, not really. But like it also, it's just the tiniest little bit of, ugh, like just another dumb thing that you're dealing with. So, I mean, to me, this could be something as simple as, this is so satisfying to me, getting a, a fresh can of WD-40, put the little red uh, tube thing in there, and go around, and I know it's not technically a lubricant. Shut up. Go around and spritz, spritz, spritz on, on lots of the things that stick in your house, especially things like squeaky doors. Uh, you could even, you know what I do? Do spritz, spritz, spritz on the dingus that, uh, like when you close the door, that little catch that, you know, the thing that makes the door close, go in and spritz inside there. Your doors will now close more easily. If you have cabinets that don't close well, you could even put a tiny little, just the tiniest little spritz of WD-40 on there. This is just one example. What I'm saying is like, that will take you, barring the time it takes you to buy a can of WD-40, that will take you maybe eight minutes to do. And now every time you walk up to that door that used to not close very well and it closes easily, you get a happy little Valentine to yourself. You're like, oh, that's right. I took care of that. That was really cool. Other things you can do, like cabinets. If cabinets are, the cabinets drive me crazy sometimes because they're not really designed. They've kind of just, you've accumulated cans of food you don't want right. and the good stuff is really in back. You know what? To go through and like every month or two, you could do it more often if you're like a, a grown up. but like take all your stuff out, donate the stuff you're not eating and like configure it in a way that makes sense. Put your sieve or your strainer in a place where a strainer belongs. Like notice these little dumb bits of friction in your life and fix them. And like, it's so easy. It costs nothing. And it makes you so happy. I, I encourage you to gripify your bar. That's what I'm saying to you, Dan Benjamin, your, your lady, your lady, your lady friend might be a little too busy for that. I think you should collapse on this. You put something grippy on there and you're good to go. I would just hate to put it on there and then it, something happens or she doesn't like it and she's like, oh, now I can't get this this thing off of here. It ruined mm. the bar. And yeah. Sometimes mm. you eat the bar. Mm. Well, here's another way to, to life hack this is maybe there is a bar you could put on there that would have built-in grippiness. Mm? Mm. Mm? You like your bar? I don't. No, I would never. I would put a hook. A hook solves all the problems. Is it like right where your dingus is while you're doing dishes or doing stuff at the sink? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I would put a little, I would have put a hook there. I wouldn't there. like that at all. I wouldn't want my dingus near that towel. No. I mean, I'm you wear clothed. An apron? No, she does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I try to spend as little time in the kitchen as possible these days. Why? Ugh. The kitchen's such a nice warm spot. That's yeah, the problem. It's too warm. Yeah. 
That's get out of where there. I, I spent I like enough. Our you know, I spent enough time in the kitchen. I'm out of there now as much as possible. Where would you prefer to be than the kitchen? In your in your den? Yeah, in the den or in the. Uh, you have a den. Well, we don't have in our in our house the way it is now. It's not truly. I suppose you would call it a living room, but it's it's one of those situations where the living room is the same open space as the kitchen and the only sure. way you you know what room you're in is based on there's furniture in one and there's cooking appliances in the other one. Okay. But it's the same open space, which I, I don't like what you I, call an open open plan. Don't like that. Don't like the open plan. You like you like you like separate rooms. For this, yeah, this is uh terrible. But so that that other room I guess is the living room, but then we have another room that when we moved into the house, the guy uh had it set up as like his his office his study mm-hmm. and it does it it was you know it didn't have doors or anything so we actually had like these little doors like little windowed doors put on it and then then it kind of became the playroom slash den uh-huh. and it's more like that's where the fish tank and the tv and some of mj's toys are and there's a so sofa kind, kind of like a family room kind of yeah, like a kid's room. I wish I wish they would be in there sometimes so that my wife and I could have a conversation, but they're always right underfoot, right where we Jeez, are. Jeez, sounds like tough times. You, you should get a different house. I know, but it's a great house. It's just the the layout of the that one part isn't. Yep. But you know, what's nice about it is I can go in there when when it's uh, time to watch a show that they don't want to watch, which is any any kind of sporting event or news. I could go in there. I can shut the door. And they kind of come by and they look in and then they know, okay, if I go in there, that we're going to be watching sports or whatever. Yeah, it'll be something boring that they're yeah. not interested in. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they, they yeah, generally, yeah. they'll come in and they then they'll hang out and then we'll be, but we do watch a movie in there. Like that's where I watch watch uh, the movies with my kids. I'm going to think about the uh, Tiny Life Improvement I Project. I with that. Yeah, I can I'll help any way I can. Uh, I, I'm going to think on this and think of some more examples of this. I just I like the idea of, um, you know, you know me, like start to notice a thing. Like before you try to fix a thing, make sure you're noticing a thing. If you notice a thing, you know, uh, become aware of it, and uh, that can be a thing you fix. Yeah. I and similarly, like I I think I had a 43 folders post about this. I used to call it mosquito tasks, where there's like I, like I would that. try and set aside part of a day each week to do all of the little stuff that has accumulated just so many like little things. And, you know, partly it is, yes, it is like maybe whatever you have to send an invoice you don't want to send, you got to oil a hinge, like whatever those things are. Um, they are things, they are little things. They're dumb things in some cases. They are things that are not going to, they're not like the world is not going to stop turning because these things aren't done. But again, I just, it's something you mainly, I think you do for yourself just because, and not even for any kind of like ethical reason, but just because it feels good to have taken care of these things. You know, something as dumb as like, just go sharpen a bunch of pencils. Like it can be, it can be oddly centering to have a list of like 40 things that you can just do and be done with it like yeah. in a morning. Incredibly satisfying. Something to kind of having that list to rattle off as you go through. And even if they are like, I, I love your sharpening pencils example. And I totally agree that even if it's just something that like you can go through and, and knock these things off and then like, that's what I do to start the day. It feel You get that feeling of accomplishment and, yeah, and yeah. It, it, it's very satisfying to do that kind of thing. 
It, it, it totally is. And like, <clears throat> so like I, I do that in a couple places. Like I write things like that down in a notebook, you know, just one little dumb thing per line. And occasionally I'll write those things down in task paper. But in some ways I really like the notebook. There's some, this is just such caveman level stuff, but like there's something really satisfying about doing a big brain dump of all this like silly stuff you've got to do. And then I may not spend, I may not like cross them off as I do them, but if I return later in the day and I can cross off like all but two of the things on that list, I, that's a nice little reality check for me. Cause you, you know, how many of us end our day going, eh, I, you know, I'm mostly focused on the things I haven't done. Gross. Whereas with this, you go like, oh, you know what? There's reasons I didn't get other stuff done because I got these things done. Like, yay for me, cookie for daddy. And I think that's that's a nice thing to do for your brain. It's a nice thing to do for your life. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna think on that. I'm gonna think on your bar too. That's there's got to be a simple solution for that. Yeah, I've I've seen some people saying that uh, you should sew a buttonhole, a large buttonhole into the into the towel, and that allows you to sort of knot where you, yeah. you you pull the big part through the little part and pull it down and then you've got this thing hanging but no i've <sighs> seen someone else that said here's a simple way to do it i kid you not they got velcro and they put velcro on their towel and then on the bar this uh, isn't the mercury mission we just need a towel to be on a bar ponderous man Ugh. oh and i got a pen recommendation Hold on. okay dan has a pen recommendation I'll make my pencil recommendation. All right, let's hear that. No, you go first. This is the, I'm sure you, this is going to be a pen you have. You're going to be like, that's what I'm writing with now, dummy. Okay. It's the mm. Pilot Precise V7RT. Have we talked about this? The fountain pen? It's not a fountain pen. Oh, okay. Pilot Precise R, uh, v, V7RT. V7RT. V7, is it a gel pen? It is not a, no. Yeah. No, hold on. It mm. is a retractable rolling ball pen. And uh love these things. These were recommended to me by by Adam Curry actually. Wow. And uh he uh he in- insisted that I get this. And he he was right. This is this pen is amazing. I'm looking for a link to it. There's some. Yeah, yeah, let me I, let me see what it looks like. Put it in notes. All right. I'm putting it in there. And I think you can, you know, you can decide what point you want to get, but I'll just, this is the first link I'm seeing. I'll put it in there. Okay. You got to get the, you got to try this. All right. It's there now. All right. These are great. These are a relative of, do you remember the pens when we were, when we were kids that had the top on the cap of the pen, it had the circle on the left and the right side of it that almost made it look like it had eyes Oh yeah! You remember that this is a descendant. That was like it had that. like little ridges. Yes. Like a pentel. Yeah. Pentel maybe. Yeah. This, I do remember those. This is like a descendant of of that. It writes great. These are my favorite pen right now. Oh, this is nice. Okay. Yeah, I think I've seen these at the Walgreens. Yeah, I think they you can get these anywhere. They're not like a special you gotta order from a jet pens uh, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. Uh, I will check these out. I've uh, I've mentioned this before, but um. The um, what's the name of the official? The the Blackwing is this company that makes a uh, makes really nice fancy pencils, and you know you don't you don't need to have a fancy yeah, pencil. But yeah, I, I, the Blackwing you keep telling. You know what? I am gonna man up and get this right now. Well, there's it depends on. First of all, they just they feel great. They smell great. They have a really cool eraser. You can see the ones. I think I just added these to notes. 
Yeah. So reload All the right. ones I just added to notes. There we um, go. I like the um, the black ones, the ones that are black in color, and they're uh, they come with these cool erasers. Some people will not like these erasers. If you're used to a round, a circular eraser, uh, you're not going to like this. But it's more like a like a thin rectangular eraser. And it's kind of cool, though, because you can pull it out. And it's got a little grommet thingy that holds it fast. So if you need more eraser, kind of like you would with a mechanical pencil, you can just pull it out. And I mean, you know, A, I love these. All these black wings are great because they're, they're very, they're, it sounds silly to say that. But, you know, a lot of pencils are garbage. Where they're just made from chopped up wood and they're just like, whatever. Right. But the black wing ones, you pay more for these, but they're so, so fun to use. I like the ones that are black in color that I put in notes because uh, they are very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're dark. I don't know what their like HB-ish letter would be, but they're very thick and dark, which I really like. So you can have a nice, you know, sharp point. You get your coom long point sharpener you can make a nice sharp point on there <laughs> i was gonna say can you can you please put your sharpener in the, 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 come, the come long point yes, sure I the come, come long point. point yeah sure uh, i'll put that in but um so so with these though i think the way it works is the black ones are the are are noticeably thicker darker smudgier which i actually really like that's that's a fun way to write for me the gray ones are more HB-ish. And then the white ones, the pearl ones, which I think are like a limited edition, are more, are much like lighter. I hate the lighter and the... Yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun. any time in my life for HB anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm not filling in a bubble. I'm not a monster. This is not an essential thing, but, uh, you know, you you get these and, uh, you know, eventually... How long does one of these last if you're sitting down to write? As long as it takes. (laughs) I don't really how long does it last. Oh, you know, a good long while. Uh, I don't know. I haven't put a clock on it. Come long point pencil sharpener. We've talked about these. I'm going to put my favorite fancy one in here that has an extra dingus on it uh, for sharpening like a mechanical pencil. Uh, yeah, and available by Prime. Yeah, so so the, the, this is one of those sharpeners, and yeah, it's got a little catcher. It's a very small little sharpener, but... Um, they're really cool. You first you put it into hole number one, mm, uh-huh. and and that gives you your nice long lead mm. and a bluntish tip, mm. and then you extract it from hole one. You put it into hole two. Hole two is where you're going to get a real sharp. If you want a real sharp point, buddy, you're going to get a sharp point from the come long point pencil sharpener. You can never Until, go into hole two and then back into to hole one though. It's not hygienic. Okay. No, yes, getting doctor, they'll tell you that's not what you do with a pencil. Mm-hmm. Dan, where would people find show notes for episode Diggity 310 of your Back to Work program? They can go to 5x5.tv slash B as in pencil, 2 as in the number, W as in writing, slash mm-hmm. 310. Orville and Wilbur, originators oh, of the two-hole method. Uh, Those are the guys uh, that invented the uh, the airplane, right? The brothers. They're the bicycle guys, yeah. And... Uh, this yeah, doesn't so to that. look at this the come long uh, pencil sharpener. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. strike me as a, that big of a deal. Like it doesn't look that special, you know. It looks. I know. It, know I'm not, don't take this no, wrong no, way. It no, looks no, like no, a no. piece I, of I'm, junk. I'm not taking it anyway. Uh, what's neat about one of the things that's neat about it is, is that, that little that red hole, the number two hole. Number two holds your lead pointer. That, that's where you can go in, and if you've got like a mechanical pencil, you can get a super, super sharp. Uh, one thing that's neat about it, I don't know if you see, you don't really, oh, that's so hilarious when they show it interacting with a human. Your pencil sharpener is this size. It's so strange. Um, 
One thing that's neat about it is it comes with a couple extra blades. So you can change the blade out and uh, it's pretty cool. They, they think ahead a little bit. Eh, not essential, not essential. You could just uh, do it yourself with a pen knife if you want or a pencil knife as I like to call it. You Some folks I call it a Kaiser it. blade. I'm, <laughs> 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 I'm not going to watch that. Uh, you, you don't, uh, you remember those pencils? Are they called, is it called a grease pencil? Yeah, I'm thinking the kind, of, where, the kind where you strip it away, you take yeah, off a little strip. Yeah, yeah, I think Grease so. Those are for pencil. like writing on china. No offense. Yeah, I was going to say, be um, careful. A little bit ping pong. That's yeah. That, there's that kind of. There's a name for that. Is it grease pencil? But it's the kind Sharp, of pencil Sharpie that's like peel off china markers. China markers. Diamond peel off china markers slash grease pencils for glass, cellophane, vinyl, metal, etc. That's your go-to garage pen. Uh, Pencil, garage pen, garage pen, garage sale, garage sale pencil. Because you can like write on stuff. You can say, "Hey, this cool cat glass is a nickel or whatever." What about the pencils that you see on like the construction site that are they're sort of flat and yeah, right. What are those called? I'm gonna call that a construction pencil. Construction. I got one of those with field notes one time. Really? I got a field notes one of those. Yeah. Construction pencil. Hmm. And and you you you're you're meant to. Yeah, look at those white carpenter carpenter pencils. Carpenter pencils. All right, carpenter pencils. You're, those are meant to. I think you you just grab your knife out of your pocket, and you just start sort of, and you knock the 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 end right off of that. Make your own. You don't sharpen those. You sharpen Mm-mm. with a uh, with a knife. You don't sharpen them. You hone them. Ooh. Mm, I need to hone my knives. Carpenter pencil, medium lead pack of twelve. There you go. Good to go. We covered some important topics and helped a lot of people. Why do you think they've? What is the the story of a carpenter pencil? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. I there's probably a very oh, good. A re- I mean, the, the most obvious one I can think of is so obvious it's crazy, which is that it absolutely will not roll. Right. Right. So I mean, if you've got a hexagonal uh, pencil, it still you know can roll. With that, you could set it if you were working on your plans or whatever. You could lay it down somewhere and it would. Uh, not roll around. I don't know. I imagine the the thickness and hardiness of the lead is important. I bet you would use that for things like when you've measured where you're going to cut and you want to make a line. I bet you'd want something that's a very hardy uh, lead for that, like something really thick, whereas a regular pencil might just break. I don't know. We should learn more about carpenter pencils. I want to start writing on glass. That's my thing now. Mm. I'm going to be that guy who's like, what, what's up with Dan? Oh, he's writing on the metal server submerged in oil that'd be a good way if you get a crazy wall that'd be a good thing too i am working on that i would do that in the den where it's sort of mm-hmm. you know they wouldn't mess with it it's nice to have a room of one's own as uh virginia wolf says do you have a lot of stuff you personally yes. yours or is it more household yes. stuff well i have things that are nominally mine that become whoever's and that includes my pencils this is this is uh yeah, who was I? Oh, I was remarking to the uh, musician Bill Janovitz uh, a couple weeks ago that I I never feel older than when I'm wandering around saying, "Who used my nice pencils?" <laughs> Those are words that came out of my mouth. Do you remember the first desk that you had at a job? Yes. How old were you, and where was it? Like where I had a jobby job. It was my jobby job with Dave, the marketing guy. Really? Oh, so like your first your. You you didn't have your own desk at, at a workplace until post college, like a real job, like a dedicated. This yeah. is my desk. I can put stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I still yeah, one of the was, fondest memories time. I ever have. I have had, had is having a desk. When I I got a desk 
and I had come up like you, I'd worked in like restaurants and, you know, like retail stuff. And finally I had a job in college, part-time job working in like one of the little offices in the school. And there was, I had like a desk and it was, it was one of those, the only way I could describe it is that you, an institutional style desk where it's square or oh, rectangular, yeah. it's metal, all the edges metal are- at the bottom, thick yeah. wood on top, and it's got the legs that extend from the two drawers you get. Yeah, the two drawers, and it has the shine, yeah. and the, the legs are sort of shiny, square, metal. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, like a totally generic office desk, yeah. I loved it, and I had everything set up on there, and it was, and this was still at the time when like, you wouldn't have a computer at your desk. Like you'd go to use the computer and that had its own place. <laughs> right. So right, like if right. you were going to go do so, well, I'll go, the computer is over here and I'll go over there to use that. But like at my desk, like, and whenever I see a TV show and there's like, someone's like, I need to get some work done. And they sit down at a desk. And there's just like paper on it and a pencil. Like that's real work, isn't it? I suppose I, I, um, I was reading for maybe the seventh or eighth time that wonderful article about our president that was in the New York Times over the weekend. Maggie Haberman and um, Glenn Thrush wrote that incredible article. And that's where I first learned the term resolute desk. Now, resolute desk. Yeah, you're probably not. They said uh, these are things arranged around his resolute desk. Um. And this sent me down the rat hole of White House desks because this right. is the kind of person I am because I'm broken inside. So I've added to show notes the uh, amazing story of the Resolute Desk. Resolute Desk is a large 19th century partner's desk, mostly chosen by presidents of the U.S. for use in the White House. It was a gift from Queen Victoria to Rutherford B. Hayes, built from the English oak timbers of the British Arctic exploration ship Resolute. No Roosevelt, kidding. Re- Franklin Roosevelt requested the addition of a door with the presidential seal to conceal his leg braces. So, oh, so and it, used, it, was, it used to be able to see the legs through the, the yeah. curve and open. Okay. He had a bespoke door put on. Then it was in the Smithsonian for a while. Uh, Carter brought the desk back to the Oval Office where it's been ever since. But then, now that, now if you're not, if you, if you still want to learn more, you could go to the wiki, <laughs> the Wikipedia page for list of Oval Office desks. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Which has a timeline. Should be in notes. Yep. Whoa. Yeah, you can learn all about them. Pretty badass, huh? And they got pictures. Yeah. Hold on, where's then, Nixon's? Where's Nixon's? Um, Nixon used the Wilson desk. The Wilson desk. JFK wanted it to be higher. So if you see the pictures of John John playing under the desk, you'll see how they kind of had to, had to life hack together this thing to make it higher for him. Anyway, fascinating history. <laughs> you've learned about pencils, you've learned about meetups, and you've learned now about Oval Office desks. What would you do if you went in there? You, it's your time. It's your turn. Would you use the the Wilson desk? Would you use the Johnson desk, the Resolute desk? What would you do? John, I don't know. That's a really good question because you figure you got to keep it tidy. You're going to have guests. Yep. You're going to have people constantly coming in for the walk and talks and everything. I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't know. It's, being in the Oval Office would be so strange. You know, it's like everything there is somebody else's. You're just, it's really, you're just a visitor there. That, but isn't that, that all true that for stuff, everything in our lives, Merlin? Oh my God. You just blew my mind. It's really true. It's really true. You don't, you don't buy beer. You rent it. That's what Barack Obama said. <laughs> okay. I, here's Hakuna, the thing. Hakuna Matata. I think you pick the desk that the president that came before you, that you most admire or model yourself after used. 
Or, I mean, my, my inclination would be to have like a big wraparound kind of giant desk where you could start do lots of different fresh. stuff. Maybe I might just go to Ikea. You know, Ikea, you go and you just, you pick up, you pick a, a surface and you pick legs and you make your own desk. It's that easy. We could get an Ikea desk in the, in the Oval Office. Based on the resources we'll have left over in four years, maybe we'll be able to afford an Ikea desk. <laughs> Dan, did you want to tell me about something that you like? <laughs> yes, I would love to tell you about FreshBooks. Fresh books. They're back for Speaking more. Speaking of money, am I right? You are right. In case you were I wondering, right. <laughs> 192 hours works out to two business days a month. And I'll explain why I'm mentioning this math. Because if you're a freelancer and you're using FreshBooks, their accounting software that they've made, that's the amount of time you will save in 2017. Why? Because FreshBooks is so fast and easy to use that it changes the way you deal with your paperwork. You will save... 192 hours. Wouldn't you like 192 more hours? I could use 192 hours. Not gonna lie to you, buddy. I mean, talking times 10. So they've been completely re- working really hard to completely redesign from the ground up the way that FreshBooks works based on the way that we've been using it. They pay attention to this kind of thing. So the features that we use the most, they, they, they improved them and they made them better and easier. And if you haven't tried the new FreshBooks, if you used it before and, uh, and, and you haven't tried the new one, Try it. It's really amazing. I've been using it myself. I've been using FreshBooks long, long, long before they were ever sponsored. It's one of the the tools that I absolutely could not live without. And what's great about it is it's cloud software. It's just a website. You can go there and use it whenever you want on any computer, whenever you think of it, whenever you need it. It's right there. They also have apps that you can install that make things really easy to do. Like what? Well, it handles quick invoices. There's this cool new insight feature. So when you email a client an invoice, it'll show you whether they've seen it. So you don't have that guessing game of, I wonder if they're going to pay. I wonder if they've seen it. They've got uh, online payments built in, automated automated late payment reminders, which is super, super helpful. So that if someone forgets to pay or doesn't pay in time, like it'll send them a reminder to pay. How nice is that? And then it's not you like trying to think of what to say. They got this really cool projects feature lets you share files, images, messages, all with your clients, contractors, employees. It's great. They made a special URL just for our listeners. They get a month-long, unrestricted, totally free trial at freshbooks.com slash back to work. And when you're signing up, enter back to work in the how did you hear about us section so that we get, uh, get acknowledgement for that sign up. But please go do check this out. If you do any kind of freelance, if you're a small, medium sized business, uh, anything at all, even if it's just a, a few invoices here and there or dealing with your expenses, wonderful software, freshbooks.com slash back to work, back to work in the how did you hear about us section. Thanks very much to FreshBooks for Thanks, FreshBooks. Bok, bok. Bok, bok. Lyndon yeah, B. This- Johnson had his own, brought his own desk in. Brought his own desk. He used to like to bring people in the bathroom. Hello? Power move. Like while he's pooping? To him, while he's pooping. While he was pooping, you'd have to be in there. Are you serious? <clears throat> oh, yeah. It was a total power move. What are you talking about? While he's pooping? He, where does this? Hold on. Try Johnson pooping. Pooping. Which is the, uh, which is the, the one? Look at that. Held meetings on the to- Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the, which was the one where the, he's calling up the tailor, telling him about how he wants his pants? Didn't we yeah, play that on the show once? Don't want it too tight on his bunghole. Yeah. Didn't we play that on here? We sure did. He's um, he was a very candid president. Should we play it again? Sure. 
Uh, so tell me when you're ready. This is uh, President uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, a, uh, a famous operator. He was uh, very effective when he was in, I want to say, Congress. He was really, he was a whip. He was really good at, you know, getting people aligned. Uh, when you're looking up uh, Johnson, you see wonderful po- uh, photos of how he was able to dominate the space around him. Oh, so so just so people know, um, before Richard Nixon, we had somebody who taped their calls. And that was that was our President Johnson, who uh, would often record uh, his phone calls with people. Uh, Joe, uh, uh, is your father the one that uh, makes uh, clothes? Yes, sir. We're all together. Uh, you all made me some real lightweight slacks uh, uh, that he just made up on his own, sent to me three or four months ago. It's a kind of a light brown and a light green, rather soft green and soft brown. Yep. And they're real lightweight. Now, I need about six pairs for summer wear. I want a couple, maybe three of the light brown, uh, kind of a almost powder color, like powder on a lady's face. Then there were some green, and then maybe some other light pair. If you had a blue in that or or black, I'd have one blue and one black. I need about six pairs uh, to wear around in the evening when I come in from work. And I need uh, about a half an inch too tight in the waist. No, I don't know. You, you all just guessed out of my thing, Senator, but wouldn't you have the measurements there? I can send you a pair. I want them a half an inch larger in the waist than they were before, except I want two or three inches of stuff left back in there so I can take them up. I vary 10 to 15 pounds a month. <laughs> so uh, leave me at least two and a half, three inches in the back where I can let them out or take them up. And put it, make these a half inch bigger in the waist. Make the pockets at least an inch longer. Money, my money and my knife and everything fall out. Wait just a minute. Hello. Hello. Now, the pockets, when you sit down in a chair, the knife and your money comes out. So I need it at least another inch in the pockets. Yeah. Now, another thing that crotch down where your nuts hang is always a little too tight. So when you make them up, give me a inch that I can let out there uh, because they cut me. It's just like riding a, a wire fence. These are almost these are the best that I've had anywhere in the United States. But uh, uh, when I gain a little weight, they cut me under there. So leave me. Uh, you never do have much margin there. But see if you can't leave me about it. An inch from the, where the zipper is uh, uh, round uh, under my back of my bunghole. <laughs> so I can let it out there if I need to. White House? Uh, All right, that's good. <laughs> All right. Oh, Jiminy. I love him so much. I, I love how much he cares about his pants. He cares a lot. I love a long pocket. Put an extra inch in because his knife falls out when he sits down presidents they're just like us you know why is he walking around with a knife he's the president what does he need a knife he's for? a gentleman people used to carry a knife around i still I mean, carry a, a pocket knife, knife. always you carry a knife around huh a little pocket knife always i carry yeah. a modium around hello yep uh this is quick dan i just want to just quickly mention in passing ahead, i don't want to i don't want to dwell on this uh thank you first time alice sir we got some uh we got some follow-up from alice i just wanted to address i don't, I, I don't know if you had a chance to see this um, you'll remember that last week we had an invitation from Alice to have Jordan and Jonathan on the show. Oh, yes. 
Right, right, right. So, so you know, you remember that uh, Jonathan is a thought leader in digital. Yes, I recall this. J- Jordan is a thought leader in mobile. <clears throat> so that arrived on January thirty first. Follow up email. Did it come through? Follow up email three days later. Ooh. Hi, Merlin. I'm excited to hear your feedback regarding your interest in collaborating on a show. Mm-hmm. You have 15 minutes for a call in the next few weeks, or are there next steps you recommend? To which I did not reply. Okay. Uh, yesterday, second follow-up from Alice. I know your schedule must be extremely busy. I told Jordan I would follow up to try and get <laughs> your response since he was excited to do a show with you. <clears throat> if this isn't the best time to discuss, <laughs> got your lines coming up here, perhaps I could follow up with you in a couple months or so. If he's not someone you think would be a good fit, then no harm, no foul. No harm, Just let no me foul. know. No harm, no foul. Just let me know. <laughs> right. Kindly, Alice. She describes herself as kindly. Um, we should probably collapse on this and get with Alice on the collaboration that we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, though. Um, is Jonathan cut out of the picture? Why is she just, it's Jordan that wants to do the show with me. And you can tell he's a fan. He's heard us talk about him here on the program. Um what what do you feel like? What are some next steps here that we should we should we should be doing to get Jordan on the program? <sighs> I feel bad that I haven't written back yet, you know. But as she says, no harm, no foul, provided I just let her know. You just want to let her know so she can just relax let her know. About it's all this. she wants. She just wants the heads up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Huge <sighs> huge fans of the show. Yeah, big 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 fans. Never 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 miss one. No harm, no foul. Well, she yeah. gives she did give us a link to easily schedule a fifteen minute on, me, minute meeting on her calendar. There's never been a fifteen minute meeting. Never. Anything that's a fifteen minute meeting was an accident. Mm. Maybe we should just let her follow up in a couple months or so. It'll be a better yes. time to discuss. Well, I feel like in order to avoid uh, the harm or the foul, I should probably let her know. Uh-huh. That the ball is literally in my court right now. Yeah. I'm literally standing by a pond. So that keeps on coming. And then, she, and then her company followed me on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Did you so ever getting, did you reply? She's getting my best this? of new wave playlist. <laughs> did, did you did you reply? I'm looking for your reply. No, I'm no. waiting. I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the Twitter ping. Okay. Hey guys, did you get my so anyway, you know, let's give it another week. Let's see. Let's see. Um, uh, Alice, let us know. Let us know uh, what, what, how you want to proceed with this. Yeah. No harm, no foul. She seems like a nice person. She's got a hard job. She's got yeah, a hard job. That's the thing is like there are real people somewhere behind these emails. She, absolutely. She's working for a living. Yeah. You know, yeah. big fans of the show. <laughs> so we got that. I have, um, uh, yeah, this isn't really relevant, but it was kind of interesting. I have one thing from a listener that's a very easy, fast one to answer. I also thought it was kind of interesting what happened with Vizio in the last week. The uh, the snooping, the snooping of Vizio. Yeah. yeah. I don't have that much to say about it. I mean, I, I would be happy to talk about it, but I just think that's, it's, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting um, and just really super creepy. My mom has a, a Vizio TV. I have a Vizio as well. Uh, it predates when they started doing this with hardware. Um, I don't think... So let's talk about what this is. Can we talk about this for a minute? Yeah, yeah. It's important. So um, it was announced some, I want to say months back, that Vizio, the company that makes TVs, including my TV and Dan's mom's TV, 
it's a it's a really good cheap TV. I mean, really, really, really good. Yeah, I mean, like for the money, I mean, it's you know they get included in like wire cutter things, like. But like, if you want to like go to Costco and buy a forty two inch TV today, you're gonna walk out with a forty two inch TV like for like under five hundred dollars, and it's a fine TV. Uh, we have had had ours for, I think we got it in. Uh, I think we got it in 2012 and it's been on the fritz a little bit lately, but I mean, you know, it's, it's been good, but the story was that it had, I don't know. I don't remember exactly how they discovered this, but someone had discovered that <laughs> Vizio had been doing something super creepy, which was, uh, that they had basically been monitoring what you were watching, whatever was on your screen without regard to how it got onto that screen, right. whether that was cable, whether that was AirPlay, uh, whether that was you know Chromecast, whatever. They were basically analyzing the pixels on screen against some kind of a giant database and able to identify exactly what you were watching pretty much every second of the day. As we'll hear about in a second, the FTC looked into this a little bit. And uh, they were pulling down, what was my quote on this? This is uh, from an article on Tom's Guide. Um, yeah, that, that <laughs> added all up and Vizio captured as many as 100 billion data points each day oh my from millions of TVs. And what they were doing is they were, they were collecting these images, I guess that, that their software would tell them what they, what you were watching. They were also getting customer locations so they would know where you were coming from, other demographics, and they were then mm. turning around and selling all of this. Like, Yeah. And I, I'm yeah. assuming it was anonymous, right? It wasn't. They like, claim that it was not tied to specific user data, but I just for what's worth, I, I and I, I might be whistling past the graveyard, but I remember hearing about this because I think this is creepy. I think it's super creepy, and I think not telling people about it is double creepy. Doing it at all is gross, but like the fact that they did this and didn't tell their customers, there's a reason the FTC just fined them two point two million dollars. Um, so uh, and that article is in show notes from the FTC's Federal Trade Commission's website, but. I don't know. Uh, I think there's a lot to explore about this. Um, I mean, for, for myself, like, first of all, our, our TV, I think, was too old to do this because there was technically a way in settings where you could go in and opt out of this. If you see that article from Tom's Guide, they explain basically, I'll just tell you, you press menu on your TV remote, you go to system, you go to reset and admin, highlight smart interactivity, and press the right arrow to turn it off. That supposedly turns it off. And the story goes that this was built into the hardware of TVs that came out after, I think, 2014. But they did some kind of update to software that would allow it on older TVs. I did not have that particular selection on my menu. So I think mine, if it did do that, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. The other thing is my, my TV is not plugged into the internet. Like right. We don't use, I don't know if that, it, I might have set up Wi-Fi on it at some point, but all of the smartness of my TV comes from the devices. Right. So I if, do, if I it, do the yeah, the bare minimum possible with the smartness of the Vizio TV. So if you didn't have it connected over Wi-Fi or in some other fashion, then it wasn't relaying any of this information anywhere. I don't. I honestly don't know because it's um, not. No one's plugging their cable like directly into I, the I'll TV. I'll bet anymore. you. I'll bet you. I'll bet you that when I got it. I almost certainly, knowing me, that when I was tinkering around, I'm pretty sure at you some point... You just put on the Wi-Fi, didn't you? It, I probably did, but now the password's changed since then and it hasn't balked, so I don't know. But, like, you know, this is a brute force 
privacy attack. Yeah. <laughs> if you really think about it, it's uh, the, the the fact that they would capture what is on your screen without regard to device and then, I guess, download that to their server where it would be analyzed, one imagines. I bet the software for this is not surpassingly sophisticated. I bet it's along the lines of just doing a screen grab and yeah. dumping. Yeah. But I, I find that really troubling um, for a variety of reasons. But, you know, the big the big picture, if you like, is it's very troubling at a time when we get more and more of these devices in our house and we wonder what they're doing. Can the Amazon hear me? You know, can it really, you know, is there any way that you could hack a, an Amazon device to listen in? I don't know. I just think this brings up a lot of issues that need to be brought up. It's something everybody thinks about, even, you know, even people who love this stuff like me, you still think about this stuff. Yeah. I just think that, that feels, not to dump on Vizio, but I think that's pretty egregious. You know, I, mean, to, I, I can this see. This is not something, it's not even something like, oh, I watch porn all day. It's just more like, wow, like that, what are you doing with this information about me I didn't even know you were able to collect, let alone willing to collect without my knowledge or uh, consent, and then sell to people for purposes of what? That is really super gross. Yeah, I don't like it either. It does feel a lot like an invasion of privacy. And, you know, there are people who would say, well, if they're really were doing it anonymously and they weren't revealing any data about you as a person other than saying, hey, there's a person in, you know, in San Francisco who watched, you know, uh, the, you know, uh, Caillou, Caillou and Stranger Things, you know, like, you know, do, do we care? But I think the principle of it is we, we should care because we should have a say as to whether or not that's done. We're bringing these things yeah. into our home. And I am I am very, very suspicious of any kind of device that I use or have uh, in the home or, or whatever. It was, you remember when on Android, the big problem that everybody saw on Android was always like, oh, you know, this app that they installed was actually, forget about like uploading all your contacts somewhere, but just that it was radioing where you were all the time or little little well, like that, facebook that, that, did that, that for a that while that funny right? chinese selfie app that everybody right. got i think it was chinese i i put it on my phone it looked fun but then as soon as it was on there i thought boy this is a really weird looking app i mean i don't know how you port an app from android but that's what it felt like it sure. felt like a port and then like a few days later it all came out that like when people were installing this on android it was asking for no, I guess not. I don't know if it was root access, but it was asking for extraordinary access beyond mm-hmm. what it would need to do what its stated goal was. And because most of us are mon- monkeys hitting buttons. We just say accept. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, to me, there's so many things about this that are troubling. I mean, the like I say, there's it's one thing before we even get to selling my data, the fact that they're they're capturing that for undisclosed purposes without you knowing. I don't know. May, I guess maybe I'm old fashioned, but I feel like when you buy something for a given purpose and there's like you have a primary, secondary, tertiary purpose for why you buy it. I think if you if a company is doing something with their access to your precious information that is not only uh, not there to help you, but could actually be harmful to you. I mean, in your example, I mean, yeah, sure, like maybe who cares if I'm watching Caillou, but the very fact that they're able to do this and didn't tell us is very disturbing yeah. because information that is out there will eventually be used by somebody. And I, that's, 
I don't know. I just think that's, I think that's extremely troubling. It's one thing to say, okay, we're going to do this on things in an airport and see how much CNN gets forced down people's gullets. But to me, it's, it's like, it goes way beyond the, like, I don't want people knowing what I watch and way more, the way deeper issue and maybe more significant issue is like, what is the obligation of a company that has even the ability to get data about us, to disclose what kinds of things they can do, will do, are doing. And then, you know, how much should they disclose about how that gets used? Because, boy, boy, is this ever going to come up a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we are, we're, I remember a conversation I had with Andy Anako a few years ago after he made the very famous, at the time, switch from being like the Apple guy who loves everything on Apple and loves his phone to I'm going to try an Android phone. Yeah, And we talked about that. And one of the things that he said when he was making that switch, he was talking about services and he was talking about Google and other things like that. And he was saying, yes, I know that there are issues with Google and privacy and things like that. But he said, you know, it's worth it to me for Google to have the information that they want to have to get access to these amazing services that they provide and all these wonderful things with understanding your calendar and understanding how far you are away from your next appointment and, uh, and all of the, the great things that Google's pretty good at. And he was willing to sort of say, okay, you know what? I'm going to let Google know all this stuff about me so that I can have these benefits of the, the using this software and the conveniences that having this intelligence in Google knowing about me that it, that it, it can offer. But I don't think most people are making that kind of conscious decision. They're just, like you said, like hitting a button, like, okay, send, whatever, like install the app already. And when you find out that there are actually companies out there like Vizio who are, you know, they have put, you thought you were buying a TV to watch stuff on. But mm-hmm. in fact, you were buying like something that was spying. I mean, this is the definition of spying. It was watching the things that you do and reporting back about them. And even though it was anonymous, like it was still in there spying on you. Yeah. Um, it's funny, like <clears throat> sometimes people struggle these days to talk about when you should call something a lie. And um, I mean, I don't mean to sound like some kind of ethicist, but I, I think there are some very distinctive things about a lie. It's one thing to BS somebody. BSing is is a, a kind of easy uh, social lubricant where you say things that you both kind of know aren't necessarily true, and you both kind of know that. I think one thing that makes a lie special is that you are saying there's like several parts to it. When you lie to somebody, I think you are saying something that you know not to be true. You're saying something that you want that other person to believe, even though you know it's not true. Right. That's that's what makes it different from misspeaking or something like that. When you deliberately say something you know not to be true for reasons and expect the other person to believe it, yeah, that's I mean that that's kind of a, a different sort of animal. Yeah, and in this case, I, geez, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm with Andy. Uh, I have to say, like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is such a can of worms. But I, hmm, I don't know. I don't even think that that's smart to say about it. I just feel like. You know, if it's it's troubling to me that, yeah, look, whatever, we're all a bunch of dinglings for using computers and letting them get to our stuff and we should all be running our own homemade Ubuntu or whatever. Mm-hmm. Fine, whatever. Okay, you know, come at me. 
<laughs> but, you know, it's, um, I mean, I understand everybody's got a point of view about this. And of course, now there's going to be this clamor of people saying, oh, I can't believe this is the first time that you're like that is about the least successful, useful thing that you can say to a group of people is I can't believe you're only figuring this out now. Yeah. Well, you know what? They did figure it out now. Like, why don't you capitalize on that by, by helping them learn more and be better citizens about that stuff? So I don't. So mm. what should what should happen to Vizio, and what is your advice for uh, for people who are considering getting one of these TVs? Geez, I don't I don't know. It's it's interesting that it says here the um, the company. Uh, so just this is reading from this article on the FTC website. It's in show notes. To settle the case, Vizio has agreed to stop unauthorized tracking, to prominently disclose its TV viewing collection practices. And to get consumers express consent, <laughs> they're still going to keep doing this, get consumers express consent before collecting and sharing viewing information. In addition, the company must delete most of the data it collected and put a privacy program in place that evaluates Vizio's practices and its partners. Hmm. Shock, shock to find gambling in here. The order also includes a $1.5 million payment to the F- FTC and an additional civil penalty to New Jersey for a total of $2.2 million. So that goes into to, uh, government coffers. Jeez, jeez, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't, I don't even, I wouldn't even know how to vet these things. So, if, you know, let's just say for the sake of argument, say, wow, I don't trust the Vizio brand anymore. What should I get instead? I have no idea. Yeah. Or, or I mean, is it a simple Samsung saying, makes a great TV, but, you know, <laughs> they've had their problems with things. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Is it as simple then as saying, you know what, I will get one of these Vizios, but... I just won't let it be on the internet. I won't give it a Wi-Fi password. I certainly won't give it access to anything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the 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 functional part of protecting yourself after you know about this is useful. You know, I think the main thing, for, just for me, when something like this comes up, it's that wake-up call of going, you know, I had not given that much thought. Of all the things, all the dinguses that could be doing creepy stuff, it was not the physical TV that I would have suspected as the culprit. You know what I mean? Yeah, you wouldn't think that would be the thing that would be reporting on you. Well, and this and this novel method that it used is it's brilliant, it's primitive, it's barbaric, really. Well, but, but it makes I sense. It works. I mean, if you if if you came to me and said, "You know what? We need to do we need to make sure that that we know what people are watching." And I my first thing would be, "Well, you know, we're not going to be able to to know because what if they've got an Apple TV plugged into it? What if it's their cable box? What if they're using an antenna? You never know. And he said, well, you wouldn't know because those things are going to report. But if yeah. we just like look at the screen and take a picture of the screen, then we'll know. But like, what were they selling it for? Where were they shipping it off to? What were they doing with it? I don't know. You know, that's the that's what <laughs> I'm more interested to know. Automated content recognition. Um, wow. So it did collect IP addresses, user IDs, because right. that's the thing when you're logging in. The, the user mean, ID for, for the TV? Uh, well, <clears throat> the court order. Oh, God, this is, this is a little, I'm a little out of my depth now. But you can go read up on all of this stuff. See, I, see, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I would, you know, it'd be interesting. I wonder if EFF has anything to say about this. It seems like this would be right in their wheelhouse. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting headline to talk about. I think it's an interesting topic for us to, to keep an eye on, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, because I just think this is going to happen more and more and more and more and more. This kind of thing, even they not only will companies not learn their lesson to not do it, they'll learn their lesson from this to do it and to be more secretive about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, what a what a what a bleak future. So uh, so Black Mirror to know that they're watching me watch Black Mirror. Right. But they want they do want to know. I mean, they want to know what and and how else is Vizio going to get that information? How else are they going to get that other than looking at our screens? Well, um, in a minute, you want to tell me about something you like. I'll add a couple more little headlines. Here's one from uh, The Verge, which I have not read yet, but it says most smart TVs are tracking you. Vizio just got caught. Yeah, I'm I'm suspicious of everything now. Yeah. The point where, you know, I mean, like I care, but I don't care. You know, I don't, there's nothing coming across on my TVs that I would care. Like if you, if you printed out a list of everything that, that was watched on my TVs and posted it to the internet, I'd be like, yeah, a lot of adventure time. Oh, that's, that's very, that's with respect. That is a very short-sighted point right, of view. But, but and very, that's and a very, that's a very privileged point of view. But that's what I'm saying are, is, is, is that it shouldn't. And like I said before, I have nothing to hide, but that's not the point, right? Well, but, but. If we only ever stood up for the laws that protected us, that would kind of suck. Mm -hmm. Like there are people out there. Totally agree. I mean, I I can think of a lot of things that people would just assume people in their community not know that they watch. You know, if if you're in an extremely conservative, you know, environment, you might not want people to know you watch Looking on HBO because reasons. Uh, You know, I mean, it's... You know, and it's not not to get all tinfoil hat, but that's the other problem with all of this is that like as soon as the, the question that always goes through my mind when you think about things like the NSA, is it like, well, I hope they're doing a real good job with protecting that data mm. because if they're not, somebody else is going to find a way to get to it. Yes. Like if they're just getting everything they can get because this is getting bleak. No, go Dan, bleak. Go bleak. I don't want to go bleak. Go I want to be happy. No. Go bleak. You go bleak. Tell me about something you like. I would like to tell you about Squarespace. Squarespace company that is uh, is having these. Th- have you seen the John Malkovich ads? Where <laughs> he talks into the wrong part of his phone. He talks in the wrong part of his phone with the with the headphones. Very very memorable ad. I love that. And then there's another one where he's trying to acquire the JohnMalkovich.com <laughs> domain name. That's the one I saw. That was yeah. very funny. Love it. I love it. Uh, it's it's such an entertaining campaign, and it's so different. And when he first came out with the first ones where he was sort of talking about introducing his clothing line. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought that was a, a real neat take, but he's, he's all in on these and the way that he's, he's, he's delivering the lines and the ads. It just, it's really great. This is a wonderful campaign, but it's a great way to introduce the fact that you can go get domain names on squarespace.com right now. And that's something that I know in, in the past when we would talk about how great Squarespace was for setting up an amazing website, how easy it is to do and all the tools and everything else that makes it cool. Like that's what I think everyone thinks of Squarespace. Well, you could get a free domain name if you signed up for a year and now you can just go there and register a domain and it couldn't be easier. And they come up with these amazing suggestions. If you type in a domain name and it's not available, they have every single TLD. They, it's, it's really, really, really well executed. And, uh, and I just, I commend them on it because it's so easy to do this stuff wrong and they just really get it right. And you can tell that, that they have fun doing it. It's a, seems like a fun company. And I've, I've been to their office a couple of times in New York and it's great, great people there. Uh, so here's what you do. You go to squarespace.com to start your free trial. 
And when you decide to sign up, you use the code It's Your Show, all one word. It's Your Show, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase, and it will show your support for this program back to work with Merlin Man. So again, go to squarespace.com, use the code It's Your Show to get 10% off your first purchase. And uh, you can also see the commercial that we're talking about there. Really, really funny. I've watched it a few times. So uh, thanks again to Squarespace for their continued support of this program. Bok, bok. You know, at the top of the program, when I mentioned <clears throat> the uh, Ungainly X-Men meetup, you'll notice I mentioned MerlinM.com slash meetup. I, that is a Squarespace site. I was in there using Squarespace just yesterday to update that. Uh, Squarespace is where I run the Roderick on the Line uh, podcast from. We do a podcast on Squarespace. It is that easy. Nice. They're, they're the best. I've been with them for years, and uh, this isn't the ad, except in as much as it is the ad. But they're great. I love Squarespace. Very cool. But John Malkovich really needs to figure out where to talk into his phone. I like that. You I know? like that That ad. was really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This whole, like, talking on speakerphone thing, it's definitely becoming a thing. Oh, everyone does it. Everyone. It's huge here. I couldn't decide if it was a cultural thing, but I'm noticing it spreading to lots of different uh, cultural and ethnic backgrounds. I now, think the, the on-screen home button, I still see mostly Asian people doing. Do you see the on-screen home button much? No, I don't see that in practice, but I, we lear- we, I learned about that from you, and I, I find that to be very interesting. I'm okay with it. If I ever see it in, in the wild, I'm okay oh, no, with that's, it. That's, I, I get it. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons people do that, but that, that, is, that is an interesting, like, most, mostly, I mostly see people from Asia doing the on-screen um, was it, as a ref- refresher course, that's because in Asian countries, they think for some reason that the home button will break if they press it. They want to keep their, they want it well, they want to keep their phone nice. And, and one, one version of that is you don't have to get it repaired, which can be costly. The other one is if you, you want to keep your resale value. But, you know, when we come up with those kinds of reasons, you know, it's like John and Syracuse, the whole like cutting the ends off the roast thing, the whole cargo culting thing. Well, people do it because they do it. Like, it's just a thing. The ends of the roast, you ever heard that one? No, tell me. Oh, this is a famous John Syracuse example where he never bothers to, to tell the entire analogy because that's the kind of terrible storyteller that he is. But, you know, once a time the family's sitting around and uh, they're making dinner and they cut the ends off the roast and put it into the pan. And, and the, you know, the child says to the parent, uh, why, why do we always cut the ends off the roast? And the parent says, well, you know, my parents and my grandparents always cut the ends off the roast. And like, because it's just something we always, we always do. And of course, when you eventually go up the chain, you talk to great grandma or great grandpa, you find out the reason they cut the ends off the roast is because they only had a very small roasting pan Mm -hmm. and that was the only way to make it fit. And I think that's such a great example of the kind of cargo culting that we do. Not, not a negative way. It's that we all have weird things that we do. I've heard, I've heard grown ass college educated people talk for an hour about the proper way to put your iPhone in your pocket. Like, don't think that we're any different than anybody else. It's just that, you know, there's these different kinds of like funny cultural mores like inside of a group. You know, how your home screen is arranged. Could anything right. matter less in the entire world? But I've never seen people get so worked up as they get worked up about how you've arranged non-existent items on a screen. You, you've <laughs> done your virtual world wrong. Right. Boo. Shout out to uh, user Jackal24601. Thank you for, uh, for selecting a hilarious uh, username for the show bot. 24601. One day more. 
Uh, what do we have? We're at one six. Well, we've done enough. We've done enough. We've given them people what they want. I think we've given them plenty. Yeah. Now, what are you going to do about your bar? My bar. I got to keep a gun in the room to scare away the bars. Yes. I don't know yet what I'm going to do. I, I really, you know, someone had suggested putting, you know, the stuff that you line a draw with, which has mm-hmm. the, like, it's a non, it's not like the paper, but it's the, it has the little grippiness to it. Oh yeah. I just don't like I'd, space age contact paper. Yeah. I just don't think she's going to go, go for that. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't use a mag, put little magnets into the. No, see any of that. Like the, the uh, no, no too much. Any of this tying a knot, putting a buttonhole, give it a bonnet. No, no, no. You just want to throw it on there. Throw it on there. It's got to be all up to the bar. Hmm. I'm going to pray on this. And I'm also going to think about more uh, ideas for the Tiny Life Improvement Project. I love it. Tiny Life Improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to get some of these pencils. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get some uh, of these pens. Oh, and I overclocked my, uh, my new computer, too. Oh, interesting. So it runs fast now? It runs very, <laughs> very fast, yes. That was a dumb joke. No, it was, it was accurate. Hmm. 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 I got a clock. I got a new clock. It's, uh, it's nuclear. Oh, it's cool. controlled by radios. It's probably sending. It's probably taking screenshots of the face. See, and sending now it you don't to, know. Now you don't. Now know. I don't know. Who can I trust? You know who 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 watches The Watchmen? You're locked in here with me. All right, let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin man. 